Hey everyone, it's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat. Today's DevOps Chat features Rob Zuber, CTO, CircleCI. Rob, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Pleasure to be here. Or afternoon in my case, or evening. Who knows when people are listening to this? But um, Rob, thanks for being our guest. I I think this is the first time we've had anyone from CircleCI on a DevOps Chat here. So, uh, you know, you're, you are a mold breaker, and thanks very much. I'm excited. All right. So, Rob, I, you know, our audience tends to be pretty DevOpsy. And so mm-hmm. I'm assuming they know of Circle CI, or at least have heard of Circle CI, but maybe they have it. So, in case, in case they have it, Rob, give us a little background, just a real quick elevator on, on Circle CI. Yeah. So, we, um, we're, we're a big part of the delivery pipeline for uh, many software organizations. Uh, we, we offer continuous integration and continuous deployment um, for both as a, a cloud offering so that you don't have to manage any of it yourself. But if you're interested in doing that, we also have a server hosted version. Um, and you know our objective is to help people focus on their business and get their software into market faster, taking out of the way the, the overhead of, of managing a lot of the tooling around doing that. Yep. And and Rob, just, you know, in way of history and background and setting the table here, Circle CI really is, it was kind of a cloud native CICD uh, uh, solution originally. And, it, and it's only relatively recently that you started having sort of an on-prem, uh, uh, so, you know, solution as well offered or as, as an option. So it's kind of opposite of the usual SaaS migration, if you will, right? Where people turn on-prem stuff into SaaS solutions. You are, you are kind of a SaaS solution and now offer an on-prem option. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And uh, I, that's probably partly a, a, a function of when the company was started. So uh, CircleCI launched in 2012. Um, at that point, people were pretty comfortable with cloud uh, offerings. GitHub had been around for a little while, so people were used to having their source code, you know, in, in someone else's servers, uh, and so we were able to leverage that a little bit, and um, and we were able to grow quite effectively off of that base. Uh, but we did reach a point where there were um, very large customers with very specific needs, uh, where it made a little more sense for them to to run the software themselves and be able to have a, a little bit more. Uh, opportunity to customize the environment in which it was being run, et cetera. Wh- one thing that's interesting about that, and, and you talk about the the difference in uh, which way you go across that transition, because we uh, built a multi-tenant platform from the beginning and really focused on our ability to operate that on behalf of other people, we find that even in an on-prem uh, solution, especially for very large organizations, um, we have a lot of the capability around you know that that management at scale and centralized um, management that doesn't like that still gives freedom to the individual developers to to do their work. Um, so it, it is actually quite interesting how the the genesis of the product affects how it operates in those multiple environments long term. Absolutely, Rob. Another area, and I didn't really talk to you off mic about this, but another area I wanted to explore was historically was Circle CI originally. Just CI, or was it always CI/CD? Uh, I think 
you could kind of look at that two ways. I mean, there was there was CD pretty early in the product, at least in, in for some particular cases. Um, but if you look at the evolution of the software industry, many more people uh, were doing CI in 2012 than CD. I mean, there's sort of this slow uh, transition of people getting to, you know, first we're going to figure out agile process and just how we do our actual software development. And then we're going to add CI on top of that. And then we're going to add CD. So we always had some CD capabilities, um, but the, number of our customers or the, or the percentage or, or breakdown of our customers using CD has grown pretty significantly over that time. And I think that's partly an effect of, of the kinds of tooling we're offering, partly a shift in what CD even means, and then and then partly a just growth in the market and, and comfort level uh, of people doing that, right? Of uh, Especially, and CD of course is always challenging because some people are talking about continuous delivery and some about continuous deployment. But in particular, on the continuous deployment side, um, other things had to come into play. You know, feature flagging, canaries, just better control of what it meant to actually put something in production. Um, and, and so the comfort level and increase in that has, has led to more people using our platform for CD as well. Absolutely. You know, I, as, an, as an observer of, of, the, of the space and of the market, it... it you know, I've seen it come when, when I first got launched DevOps.com four years ago, Rob, there was this clear sort of distinction between we're just, you know, we're not CD. CD is something else. We're, we're CI or, or reverse. Those folks are just CI. They're not CD. And, and it, it kind of just seemed like a, an artificial wall had been built, right? Not, not to get all political. Um, but you know, and and so I'm I'm I for one am happy to see sort of that wall being torn down, and and the natural flow of of you know the software development life cycle of the software modern software factory, if you will, um, taking place where CI kind of naturally flows into CD, and I and I think the the next thing we're seeing is this natural. Uh, connection to what what Gartner and some of the others call ARA right which I don't even know what the difference between that and CD is but I don't know what do you think well I think that um, you know overall this this evolution as I was saying like it, it always takes a long time for people to get uh, or let's say for everyone to get comfortable with each of these stages of the evolution um, and we're, we're always looking to the, you know, the next frontier, right? So at one end of the spectrum, you have those early adopters who in 2012 were doing CD or bef before that, I'm trying to think of the original sort of posts around CD that I think came out of, I, I want to say Etsy, but I don't know if that's actually true or me projecting kind of them as a pillar of this type of thinking. But, um, you know, at, and we're still at a point where some people are, are just getting comfortable with it and adopting it. So the spectrum is is really broad from you know from early adopters to sort of overall mass adoption, and the early adopters have moved on to probably things that have, that I haven't even thought about. Um, and and so we we're always seeing that, and it's it's nice to have people try those things, and in some cases fail, and in some cases you know discover really new and interesting ways of approaching stuff. And it, it takes 
uh, it, it definitely takes a little bit of a mindset of, um, you know, of, I'm just willing to try this. I'm willing to have, take some risk and, and do new things. Um, and the people that, that do those, you know, create opportunities for the rest of us to learn from uh, the things that go well and the things that go, you know, horribly wrong. Um, and so it's, uh, it's one of the reasons that I just love being in this space in general. It's just the constant kind of desire to do things better um, and find new opportunities. Of course, with a, with a, a good balance towards actually focusing on getting stuff done, but um, there's just such a, a creativity and desire around improving in any way we can, you know, this process and how we get stuff out and how we build it reliably and, and work efficiently. Absolutely. So, Rob, let, let's turn a little bit to, you know, we, we've 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 got we've done a nice history. Let's look a little bit to the future now, though. Um, mm -hmm. Talk to me. What? How? What? You're the CTO. You you kind of have a lot of the vision for Circle CI. Where do you see Circle CI and the market in general going? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Um, I, I think the um a lot of people's perspectives of this market was changed a little bit in the last week or so um, with news around Microsoft and GitHub and just the the value that people are starting to recognize in developers, the happiness of developers, the efficiency, the, the value that they place on the tools that they use. Um, so for the market overall, um, I, I think we're just at a really exciting time where um, you know, we, we talked about this, or, or I talked about this creativity and passion to do things better, but we're at a, at a sort of inflection point where there's a really, really high level recognition of the value of that. Um, I would say there's been a, a significant shift in the mentality of many companies. Um, and, and we talk a lot about how every company is becoming a software company um, in that, you know, even if you're, um, an airline, you know, your, your biggest issue when you ground your planes for a day is that you have some software glitch somewhere, right? You know, uh, multinational trading markets are shutting down on software issues. So the impact and value of, of software is becoming really, really visible. And, uh, and as a result, there's a shift in mentality about how we build software from, you know, this is a cost center that I just have to manage down mm -hmm. to this is the core of my business and I need to be really investing in doing this in the best possible way. Um, and so that's obviously exciting for us. Um, and one of the things that's really interesting for us as we, as we look forward is that we, um, we've, we've had the fortune of, of some success and growing um, and you know, to the best of our knowledge, run the largest or one of the largest um, build platforms on the planet. As a result, we, uh, we know a lot about how people are building software. Um, and so we're investing a lot of our time and energy in figuring out how to um, use that to then help those people. Meaning uh, if you're building on CircleCI, you, you don't just get an understanding of your particular code change that you just made, but you can get an understanding of, of how your team is doing, how your whole process is doing, um, how effective you are relative to you know, to other teams out there. Um, and I think that's that's a place where we have a lot of opportunity to really, um, you know, add additional value for our customers um, in not just, again, direct feedback on this one thing that you did today, but really helping uh, understand, um, 
your process, maybe where things are working well, maybe where you have some opportunities to, you know, to improve. Um, we're all in this trying to be better every day. Um, and if we can help customers at that at a higher level, that's that's really exciting for us. Yep. You know, it's interesting. You brought up the GitHub thing and, and to justify all this. So I have some views on it. What a surprise. Uh, but, you know, Rob, a couple things. Number one, when you look at GitHub and, you know, the price Microsoft paid, it obviously is a ridiculous multiple to revenue. I, I saw a chart earlier today. I wanted, I forgot if they said it was 21 or 24 times revenue, mm-hmm. which is, wow, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's why people yeah. do software companies. But, um, but another way of looking at it is, look, Microsoft has always coveted the developer community. And over the last, I mean, for as long as I'm in technology, 25, 30 years, they've done a, not a crappy job of, of working with the developer community. Yeah, there are haters in the Linux folks in the open source when Balmer was there, you know, but they've they've always gone after the developer community hard. And so they had an opportunity to buy a company that has some estimates say 28 million people or potential developers, right, in that mm-hmm. community that that GitHub has. So when you look at 28 million and what they paid, don't get me wrong, it's still a lot of money. But, um, you know, it, it it's a little bit, you can see where they saw the value, okay? Mm-hmm. Number two, you know, having been in the, in the tech software infrastructure business a long time, you know, I, I learned a lesson from my friend Brad Feld, who I sold my first company to, and he financed or was one of the key – you know, VCs behind many of the companies I've been involved in. Um, and that is, look, first mover or first, not the first mover, first acquisition in the space always gets the lion's share in the best multiple. The second one does okay. The third one does a little worse. If you're not in the top three, don't bother. Right? That was mm-hmm. something Brad always preached to us. So when you look at Git or GitHub, excuse me, um, being the first kind of acquisition in that space, getting this kind of multiple, they deserve it, right? They were first, they were the first ones bought. They're going to get the lion's share. I think to the, the message to other folks in the GitHub space specifically is hurry up and get bought because you don't want to be number four or five, right? You don't want to be yeah. left, you know, in the, in the musical chairs game when the music stops. Um, Part and parcel of that, though, Rob, is that companies like Microsoft, like IBM, we used to say like HP, Cisco, you know, big, big, uh, you know, public entities. It's very hard for them to be innovative. It's very hard for them to do their own R&D. It's very hard for them to build these communities themselves. And so... You know, what they would spend in R&D or community actually goes into their M&A budget and they buy those things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we look at a GitHub, we look at a Circle CI, we look at any, a chef, a puppet, any of the, the, even the Jenkins, CloudBeast, you know, any of the players in this DevOps space that is so hot right now, GitLab, another one, um, they all are going to be very attractive to companies of a Microsoft kind of, you know, girth, 
right? Because the big guys can't they can't do what you're doing, Rob. They don't. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like classic uh, innovators' dilemma, right? Yeah. I got that right. So, like, it's it's difficult. I mean, if you look at the first five years, I mean, we we all talk about these overnight successes, right? And right. they're always they've been around for ten years. Exactly. And the first five years of any of those companies is extremely painful. It's a grind, and the the incremental increase, the you know, the amount of revenue you're driving or whatever, would be so insignificant on any one of these companies' radar. Mm-hmm. But they just they won't put the time and energy into it, right? Whereas you've got a company like ours or or anybody in this space, honestly, I've done a bunch of different startups in different spaces. You're living and breathing it, right? And you're so tuned into what's happening that um, that you can see it, and you you know, and that kind of incremental growth to you is is everything, and it's super exciting, and and you get this this passion behind it that allows you to build, you know, a very focused and and you know, honestly, a great product. And, and I think GitHub is a great product. Um, and then suddenly you have 28 million users. I was, I'm quoting your numbers, so I'll assume you're right. Um, uh, and, and a massive community, you know, and then, and then going back, I was, as you were talking about the, the time in tech, I mean, uh, I, I got into tech with the quarterly mailing of, you know, MS, MSDN CDs and uh, <laughs> exactly, honestly, yeah. Like my my favorite IDE, I'm a I'm a Mac and Linux user almost exclusively, but I, I used Visual J in the late '90s when I started mm-hmm. doing Java development. It's still the best IDE I ever used. So so Microsoft has been good, very very good with developers, but the kind of developer community has um, started to drift away yeah. from from where they were going. And so this is uh, I wouldn't call it a course correction because they still have all of their community, you know, from a .NET and sort of Windows world, but this is an opportunity to be less about Windows, you know, and, and we've seen Microsoft shifting away from. Oh, yeah. Satya Nadella is Microsoft, Rob. Not, not to step on you, but Nadella's oh, Microsoft is a very, very different place than when Steve Ballmer was there, right? Yes. And, and make, you know, they are moving to Azure, and though Azure does Windows well, it does containers well, it does Linux, it does. There's very little it doesn't do, um, right. you know. And I, I will tell you, I've told people this. I, I think one day Microsoft buys Docker. That, that's my personal opinion. I think it's, it's another kind of, you know, not to get into or a bad mouth or anything like that. I just think someone's going to buy Docker because the revenue has to justify the valuation, and so, and Microsoft's a great candidate to do so. But anyway. You heard it here first. But, Rob, that, that's all fine and dandy. You know, GitHub plays in sort of a different uh, a different segment of this DevOps market than you guys do, certainly. Mm-hmm. And we really haven't seen uh, the uh, consolidation yet that I think we will in the CICD and if you want to call it ARA space. But it's coming. I'm sure. Yeah, we – We've seen movement in the market, but uh, most of it has been off the bottom end, yeah. if you will, meaning sort of the smaller uh, people we would consider to be our competitors, but didn't quite reach critical mass and then right. got pulled in by other companies for the people or because the product was going to be useful to them internally, that sort of thing, not a you know roll up and now we're taking this and, and yeah. you know 
giving it scale. Sort of so we used to say when I when I worked with Brent, those are companies that really were a feature, not a product. Um, mm -hmm. But but yeah. that being said, Rob, we 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 went off on a little bit of a tangent here. Uh, we've used up way more time than we were supposed to, but maybe we could have you back on. And because I I wanted to really get into a little nuts and bolts around, you know, continuous integration delivery what it means for developers, what it means for ops folks. But why don't we do this? We'll, we'll, we'll call it a day on this 25-minute uh, DevOps chat, and um, we'll have you back on maybe next month, and let, let's get into you know, what it means for developers and, and ops folks in even testing you know, in this new yeah, world of CICD. That sounds great. I'm always happy to talk about that as well. There's so much happening in this uh, industry, in this space right now, that there's it's, it's hard to keep it short. <laughs> you know what? Hey, man, it keeps my kids going to college, Rob. Um, <laughs> anyway, hey, Rob Zuber, CTO, Circle CI. This, this episode's guest on DevOps Chat. Thanks for joining us. This is Alan Schimmel. You've just listened to another DevOps Chat. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks.